Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. What's up, everybody? I'm John. And I'm Kevin. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. We're going to get into the nitty-gritty and examine the good, the bad, the ugly, and the laughable in these movies. But we're always coming at it from a place of love. You don't watch these movies as much as we have unless you have a genuine affection for them. Let's do it. Welcome back, Kevin. <laughs> Hi, John. Um, I'm excited. Kevin is here with me in the flesh in Houston, Texas. We're loving life We're here in my tiny living room. <laughs> and uh, gl- yeah, glad to have you back, buddy. Fuck a pandemic. <laughs> We're doing reals. our best. For reals. We're keeping safe. Um, We're, yeah, that's right. We're staying out of the shit, as it were. Yeah. Um, and staying indoors and wearing masks and doing all that fun stuff. Elbow shaking and whatnot. <laughs> elbow bumping. <laughs> Um, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing great, man. I'm happy to be here. Happy to be having a little change of scenery in my life. Is absolutely, nice. absolutely. Glad that you're here, um, Kevin. What movie are we talking about today? Get ready, motherfuckers, because we're talking about Tango and Cash. Um, I would just like to say that I know that we, you know, we say that we're coming at these movies from a place of love. <laughs> But I I hate this movie. This movie sucks. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about a lot of movies on this podcast. Yeah, we have. And, and some of them are pretty shitty. Yeah. But have we ever talked about a shittier movie than this one? This is by far the worst. Like, objectively, <laughs> even though I love it, Over the Top is a terrible movie. I was wondering where you'd rank it on uh, this movie compared is, to Over the Top. This movie is so much worse. Okay. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be a lot to talk about as we go through, but yes, uh, what I had said to you before, because you hadn't seen it much, I haven't, I haven't seen it since it came out. It's been thirty years. There's, there's no aspect of this movie that doesn't just completely fall apart if you scrutinize it for more than a second. Like every, every plot development, everything is completely ludicrous. I feel like this movie is. Is what would happen if you fed a bot now just hours and hours of 90s action film screenplays, 80s and 90s action film screenplays, and this is what would come in. It doesn't make any sense at all. I I think my thought was uh, this is something that I would have written as a 12 year old and thought that I had done good. And yeah, you thought that you're like, these jokes are sick. These jokes are killing the action sequence, the plot, fucking airtight. Um, yeah, yeah um, this movie's terrible. This movie came out in 1989. Mm-hmm. The uh, same year as a lot of other great movies. A lot of other movies. good shit came out that year, but directed by Andrei Konchalovsky, I guess. Russian director, Duh. I think. Duh. Yeah, he was. If you look at his, his IMDb, is full of things written in 
Cyrillic that I've never heard of. Cool. No, that's Vadania <laughs> Andre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's apparently one of four directors that worked on this movie, though. That makes that makes <laughs> more sense as to why this movie is terrible. You would say, how does that happen? But you're like, oh, wait, no, that explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Every other day, a new guy shows up. I'm the director. Okay. So my research had said that Konchalovsky was replaced near the end of principal photography by a guy named Albert Magnoli. Don't yeah. know him. Magnoli, Magnoli, Magnoli something like that. Ravioli. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, in his memoirs, Konchalovsky had said that the reason he was fired was because he wanted to give the film a more serious tone than huh. the producers had wanted. And so it was a difference of opinion with, uh, who is it, John? John Peters. John Peters, the producer. The producer. Yeah. So, yeah, was, basically he was sort of forced out. I have also here that Stallone directed some, which fucking makes sense. That makes total sense because of how bad it is. And just, <laughs> you feel like you feel like the movie is rooting more for Tango than Cash anyway. Yes. It's like he's, like he's definitely... Give the, me more jokes. Give me better this, that, or the other. Yeah. Um, Everything yeah. leads back to Stallone in this movie. And then also second unit director, I think, or, or executive producer, uh-huh. or both. <laughs> Peter McDonald also stepped in and did some directing on the thing. So it's just like, it's a shit show. Yeah, it's all over a, the place. If there's a lack of continuity in the style of the movie, then that's why. Although, there almost was continuity because it was just shitty from beginning to end. From the get-go. <laughs> um, written, and I use that word very loosely, <laughs> written by... Randy Feldman. That sounds like a fake name that you would give if you didn't want it's your real name attached to it. It has to be a pen name for someone. It's Someone's like an Alan flu. Smithy uh, situation. It's because Stallone didn't want to say, "Yeah, I wrote it." Randy, give it. Give totally the credit to Randy Feldman. I wrote it. Uh, Randy Feldman's my. He probably that's Stallone's pen name. Or Randy him Feldman. Frank, him and Frank working together. <laughs> Um, music by Harold Faltermeyer for the most part. Fucking shit. Yeah, some dude named Gary Chang did some ori- uh, additional music after all the reshoots and re-edits of the film, and because Faltermeyer was just like, I'm not, I'm not coming back and reworking it. Screw you guys, I've had enough. Um, I also have here. Uh, hold on. When speaking of the writer, yeah. So Randy Feldman. Randy Feldman. We also had uh, a famous. Well, they say Stallone also did some heavy rewrites, which fucking makes always. sense. Always. He has always. always like, yeah. let me uh, give it a better voice. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's do this. Um, so they also brought in Jeffrey Bohm to do rewrites, but he hated he hated the script so much, apparently, that he didn't want his name attached to it. That's but amazing. But this dude wrote Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. He wrote The Dead Zone. He did rewrites on Lethal Weapon 1, 2, and 3. He wrote Inner Space and Lost Boys. Oh, Jesus. Like, he had written That's a some pedigree. good stuff. Yeah. Like, fucking Last Crusade? Killer. Yeah. Killer movie. But yeah, he. I think he did not want his name anywhere on this project. No, not when you've got a pedigree like that. I definitely would not. When you've just been, like, <laughs> killing it, and then yes. all of a sudden your name's attached to a dud like this. Like, if it's a, if it's, if you as a writer recognize that this is a terrible, terrible screenplay... Yeah. yeah, you don't want your name on it. And it is, folks. It is legitimately <laughs> the most nonsensical bullshit I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. It, it's like someone, like English as a third language, Yes. is responsible for this. Yes. It's like someone plugged in some jokes into the Google Translate, and this is what <laughs> came out. This is what popped out. Yeah. Um, 
we almost never talk about the director of photography. Uh, on you have movies. to regale our but audience with this story. The the credited uh, DP on this movie was Donald E. Thorin, although it started out with famous cinematographer and director Barry Sonnenfeld uh, being the original director of photography. He got fired because Stallone didn't like the way that he was being lit in the movie. But, dude, Sonnenfeld was like the DP on Coen Brothers movies, um... He did Raising Arizona, Miller's Crossing. He directed Both amazing movies. DP for Misery. Yeah, right. fucking killer titles. And then he, and then he directed and then, when Harry Met Sally. Yeah, was and him then too? He, and then he directed things like the entire Adams Family franchise Which and the uh, Men in Black and the Men in Black franchise. Get Shorty. Yeah, he's fucking great. Wow, I didn't know he did Get Shorty. That's badass. Yeah. That's super so awesome. So he's all over the place, and clearly he might have been. You look at it, he might have been the most talented behind-the-camera guy attached to this movie, and he got fired because of Stallone's... Uh, I don't like the way you're lighting me. Why does, uh, why does Kurt Russell, why does look, Kurt Russell look so much better in this scene than I do? <laughs> why does he look so much better in this scene than I do? He got, uh, you made his hair look better with the lighting? and uh... His hair looks amazing. <laughs> Stallone sucks. <laughs> I, that's another thing that I would get off. I would get off my chest right now. May as well. I, like I've had beef with Stallone in the past. I detest him in this movie. His creative choices. He his sucks. Personality. He's, his everything that he does in this movie is terrible. You hear about actors being divas and stuff, but it sounds like Stallone was unrivaled. Yeah, like a in terror. A terror. Some other fun things about this movie. Um, I heard or read somewhere that. Swayze was originally supposed to play Cash. Yeah, I saw the same. He bat, he bailed to do uh, Roadhouse. Yeah, and then which they released through, the same year. Yeah, that's that awesome. Makes sense. That's I very guess. cool. Yeah, yeah. It would have been probably in production the same time. Um, principal photography began without a script. <laughs> which, that makes sense. Which is that makes amazing. Sense. Um, the film ultimately went twenty million over budget. It was made for. Hold on, let me look at it. Made for fifty-five. Grossed sixty three point four, went twenty million over, and had to be completely re-edited by Stuart Baird yes. prior to release. They brought in the the he was some sort of like an editing doctor who could take a shit movie and make it a little bit less shitty. Just I guess. but only slightly. <laughs> Wouldn't you have loved to see the, oh, the, the version? Footage. Yes. I feel like there's a lot of scenes that we didn't get to see because there's some gaping plot holes in the movie and big chunks of action that go unseen. It's absurd. Um, um, yeah. But starring, of course, Sly, which we mentioned, Kurt Russell just can, can do no wrong in my eyes. He's in front of the camera. He's like one of the few redeeming qualities in this movie because he yeah. yeah he brings it. He actually can sell the jokes even though they're not that funny. It's he's a wizard at being able to take something that shouldn't by rights make sense and make it sound like all right maybe I could kind of get behind that. I think he puts his whole like he believes it, so it yeah. helps you, the viewer, to believe it. That's a good actor. He'll just fucking go for it. Um, also, Terry Hatcher as Kiki Tango. Woo! That name, Kiki Tango. Kiki Tango. I feel like Stallone came up with that name. Of course. Probably. But, uh, man, Terry Hatcher at her absolute most beautiful. Yeah, she was. This was her first big movie. Um, I know her best, of course, from Lois and Clark, The exactly. New Adventures yeah, of Superman. She awesome. Housewives, of course, was a big thing for her. But, yeah, yeah. Lois and Clark was my uh, my and one then, of my serious crushes. Uh, I never miss a Sunday night Lois and Clark episode. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, your big bad, Perrette. <laughs> <laughs> Eve Perrette, yeah, Eve Perrette, played by Jack Palance, Hollywood legend. Amazing. Uh, same year that he had done Batman, playing uh, damn near the same character. Boss Carl Grissom. He definitely had the same energy. 
Um, also, You're my number one, a guy. <laughs> but he is a he is a Hollywood legend. Oh yeah, he was he was big in westerns. Shane, yeah, the oh, big bad in Shane, like one of the most famous westerns. He had, he'd had two best supporting actor Oscar nominations in his career before oh, for performances. A long time prior. Oh uh, yeah, like okay. early early in his career. Okay, I think maybe Shane was one of them. I could see it because um, he's memorable. Uh, I remember him back in the day when TNT actually played movies and stuff. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. But, like, he was the one of the villains in the Anthony Quinn movie, 1961, Barabbas, about the convict that was released yeah. instead of Jesus. My dad used to love all that yeah, Bible and, shit, the bi- biblical epics, yeah, yeah. and Barabbas was heavy rotation. That was a yeah. good movie. Yeah. Anthony Quinn was awesome in that. Anyway, Jack Palance was also similarly okay. awesome. But, yeah, he had a, a, a legendary career. Um, we get a favorite standby actor from a lot of uh, sci-fi movies of that are favorites of mine, Brian James as Ponytail slash Rakeen. Rakeen. Well, we will, for the purposes of this podcast, we'll just refer to him as Ponytail Thug or Ponytail Goon or Ponytail. Um, yeah, he was in Fifth Element and he was Leon Kowalski in Blade Runner. Yeah. Very, very memorable. memorable. <laughs> Voight-Kampf. Test. Uh-huh. What, he was in uh, 48 Hours. Oh, that's he was right. awesome. And the sequel, which I, I don't think I've ever seen another 48 Hours. I don't think I have either. Yeah. Um, who else is in this? James uh, fucking Hong, dude. Oh, legend. Playing uh, Quan. <laughs> fucking David Lopan himself. That's right. <laughs> um, reuniting with He's Russell, awesome. I guess. He's awesome. He doesn't get a whole lot to say or do in this movie, but he just, on his presence on screen and just... He's his another voice, he's, iconic. Yeah, there's, yeah, he's another element of this movie that is like he sells everything that he does because yeah. he's talented. He's just a talented guy. Like as an actor, there's never he's been in bad movies, but I've never seen him and been like, wow, right? He really sucks in this movie. And then there's Clint Howard, Ron's brother, <laughs> as Slinky the inmate. There's a cavalcade of like character actors. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. There's so many. We can work through them as we come to them, maybe. Because yeah, we yeah, can go totally. all day just talking about the dudes, man, the bros, the bros, <laughs> the babes. Um, I want to talk about the movie. So you want to talk about the movie? <laughs> I want to. Oh, come on, man. Let's, let's talk about the movie, guys. Okay. okay. Let's do it. Oh my God. <laughs> this movie, dude. <laughs> From the first original frame of footage, which is after the Warner Brothers logo has come and gone, fades to black, yeah, and you just get Stallone's voice, disembodied, nothing to do with anything. Okay, let's do it. Why? Fucking why? Because Stallone was probably like, I got a great idea for how to start this movie. It's going to be cool, like a rap video. (laughs) When I was telling you we were going to do this movie, I told you from the first moment to the last, the very first moment of the film and the very finalist last moment of the film are just absolute insanity and everything in the middle is, is just more of the same. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about doing like blind tastings. Yeah, um, and or this is this is yeah, this you, is definitely one for me because I haven't seen it <laughs> since it, the year it came out, and I was uh-huh. seven years old, and I okay. had like so basically had never seen it. It's aged pretty well, don't you think? Oh my no, <laughs> no, it's so, somehow worse. I'm so sure. so you, whereas you're coming at it from someone who remembers having seen it a lot, I definitely was coming back to it as a novice. And I think as a ten year old, eleven year old, twelve year old watching it, wearing out the VHS oh, yeah. tape, I thought it was fucking great, and the jokes were funny. Absolutely, Stallone, but, what a comic talent. Let's do it. Let's do it. Boo. Uh, yeah. What? So <laughs> we open with uh, Lieutenant Ray Tango. 
That's uh, Stallone. That's right. He is pursuing a tanker truck in his Cadillac convertible, despite orders to to drop back. Um, yeah. <laughs> I see. Well, I got to this myself. He's talking a mile a minute. He's probably coked up. No. But we'll get the for three months. Why is he talking so fast? I don't know. I think I think he was trying to do ADR work. I feel like he was trying to lip sync. But still, it's really bad. I hesitate so to fast. call it a choice because I feel like <laughs> I don't feel like it is. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, but he's very this guy Tango. He's very put together. He's got a three piece suit, designer eyewear, lots of jewelry, lots of gold, big jewelry, big ring, big uh, like probably an earring. I think he had the gold frame glasses. Um, yeah, which were apparently his in real life. Hell Stallones, yeah. yeah. Huh. That he actually okay. wears glasses. Cool, I guess. I don't know. Or not. I don't know. But um, so he, he he works his way. He gets in front of the tanker truck. Yeah, the tanker's like like swerving around trying to cut him off. Right. They're out in the desert or something, yeah. Yeah, it's cool looking. I would um, like to be out in the arid, dry desert as opposed to humid Houston. So in the tanker, we got a couple of goons led by the actor Robert Zadar, mm-hmm. uh, who's just... He his face is unbelievable. It's not a human being. His face. character he looks like a Dick Tracy character, and I immediately went to internet. Yeah, just to see <laughs> yes. like he what looks like, yeah, what his deal is face or some shit. Yeah. Like he's insane. It's his real face. Yeah, it's shocking to me. But I mean, I'm not gonna knock anyone for their looks, but it does look like a facial prosthetic. Yeah, it's he's got this just the jaw you would not believe. It's huge. It's like a fucking like a I don't know what. It's like a frisbee. Yeah, um, but we. His character, yeah, on the credits, he's credited as Face, but no one ever says a name. No one ever puts a name to him in the film. So no, and he I, just, he, I just call him Big Jaw Goon because yeah. I don't expect anyone to remember this character. I'll call name. him Face. You call him Big Jaw Goon. No one will care. <laughs> um, he is known for he was the titular maniac cop in the Maniac Cop franchise, which is never know, seen it. Probably about as good as it sounds. <laughs> um, he's done some other like a whole bunch of MST3K type movies, right? Including he was a big bad guy in the movie Soul Taker, which is one of the great MST3K episodes of all time. Um, I'll have Soul to check Taker. that out. Soul yeah. Taker, cool uh, name. Yeah. Anyway, there's a, a very low flying police helicopter that's also as part of the pursuit. I'm not sure why it's flying so low. I, I still love that. I mean, it like swoops in, like the VO, the helicopter yeah. swoops in so that this cop can tell him, like tell Tango that he's running out of time. It's like yes. it's, it's like he didn't have to get close because he's not yelling out the window. You're on yeah. a radio. Like, why did you have to fly that close? If anything, he'd not be able to hear the radio because he's got a helicopter from 10 feet above him. Doesn't make any sense. But um, yeah, the guy on the radio is telling him, uh, we're out of our jurisdiction, so you better hurry. It's like, I don't think that's how jurisdiction works. You're either in or out. That's not, not how like, policing works. I thought all. it was out of like the fucking hard deck in Top Gun. <laughs> like, I was only I was only out of my jurisdiction for a few seconds, sir. There was Didn't no danger. Uh, that's not how the shit works, dude. No. If it's no, if no. that gets it thrown out of court, then it's thrown out of court. I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't even understand how jurisdiction works other than in the movies. Yeah. Is it a real thing? Do you abandon a chase when you cross state lines? I don't. Or whatever, cross county lines? I don't think so. At least not in Smokey and the Bandit. I would, I would feel like you continue and then maybe if the guys who are in their proper jurisdiction show up, then you drop off and let them take yeah, yeah, control. Yeah, exactly. But maybe or, that's and you, what I think. Meant. I think that's what you do is you, you drop off and offer assistance if yeah. needed. But you don't just let the criminal go because you've crossed yeah. state lines or county lines. Oh, sorry, he got away. Uh, I can't do anything about this. Maybe. <laughs> His radio call sign in the movie is 20 William 12, which was the radio call sign in Lethal Weapon. 
for Riggs and Murtaugh's and, car. Oh, we're going to talk a lot about this, this as the movie goes. Meta, a lot of meta references in Very the movie. Very meta. Do you feel like? Do you feel like it's stuff that Stallone was like? I love that in Lethal Weapon. Let's I take bet it. if there is a human being, if Randy Feldman actually exists, then he wrote a lot of the references in. I think. I don't think Stallone okay. would do that. He apparently does exist, and he has a brother. Corey? Dennis Feldman, I think. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Fucking A. Oh, Corey. Um, no, the, I can't remember if he's also a writer. He was somehow involved in Hollywood, too. But I feel like okay. what happened was is that Mr. Feldman did this movie and then, like, vanished. I feel like there was a lot of heavy reworking as well. But, yeah, I feel like probably a lot of the meta stuff could have been him. Okay, who, that the, who the fuck knows, dude? No yeah. one knows. No one wants credit for this, I don't No, that, everyone trying to distance themselves <laughs> from this. Um Somehow, Tango gets like about maybe a half a mile ahead of the or tanker farther. or more, like Jesus. really quickly. But then he stops and he parks his car in the middle of the road. He, he's he got this little snub nose 30. It was not the gun that I would expect for him to draw. It's a dainty little gun. It, and yeah, it, it is. And he empties the whole thing. Like yeah, he empties he all, all his bullets out and then reloads with other bullets, which I don't know if there's something unique about those. Maybe it was explained in a different draft or something. I don't I'm, I don't know. That is a shit gun, though, for shooting anything from distance. I know nothing of firearms, but I don't think that thirty-eight is going to get the job done. Not from so far away, it'd just be hard to shoot accurately. From a half that's a, mile. That's an in-close weapon. Like That's what you would have on your ankle, not your primary that's what, weapon. If I was going to buy a gun for my home, yeah. which I yeah. likely never will, that's a gun that I would have in my home because it's like, not going to jam because it's a revolver. Yeah, I feel like I would have a revolver. I don't even think I'd do a snub nose. I think I'd get something with a little more barrel to it. Yeah. But yes, it's it's weird. I feel like Stallone was trying to do something outside of the Stallone mold for this movie. Maybe like give me a smaller gun. I want to be. Sense. I want to be very well tailored and like well spoken and whatever the fuck else. But let's do it. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's just it's not a macho gun, and and Tango doesn't come off as being all that macho so far. No, no. So uh, back in the truck. A uh, big jaw goon, aka face. Face. Like what a face. Well, he he's like, oh my gosh, this guy's crazy. Well, he's freaking out. Him. Yeah, he fires two rounds. Hits the windshield. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's not even going through the windshield. Yeah, or or is it? But just not hitting them. I, I couldn't tell what was happening. I couldn't either. I mean, um, <laughs> but his face is freaking out. Yeah, he's like, this guy's crazy, and. Is he getting close to Stallone? He just slams on the brakes like this next shot. He'd hit me with it. Right, right. Which I'm thinking to myself, okay, yeah, like, and I'm gonna hit him and his car with this truck, even if he hits me. It, like, but he slams on the brakes. The the truck squeals to a stop, and he and his cohort fly through the front windshield. Yeah, they should have worn seatbelts, right? Always, always. <laughs> Safety first. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they just fly through the glass and land on the asphalt, and then uh, Tango's got jokes for them. And then we get the first in an hour and 47 minutes worth of terrible one-liner. Well, three one-liners back-to-back. One, two, three. It's like, yeah. Glad you could drop in. Ooh, good. Followed by, you like jewelry? As he's pulling the cuffs out. Fucking shit. And then faces, fuck you, which rightfully so, I would too. Yeah. And then, I prefer blondes. What the shit, man. That's the kind of movie we're in for, is the, that it's the, just... The tone has been set... The table's set. I'm, I'm furious already. <laughs> what is of, now that I'm thinking about it, I sort of feel like Stallone wanted to do a movie where he got to deliver like the John McClane or uh, 
or Schwarzenegger type one-liners. Yeah. Give me a movie with the one-liners. I'm as funny as any of those guys. Stallone, at best in this movie, comes across like someone who's never talked to another person <laughs> or told a or told a joke. Um, he has a yeah. It's a never-ending supply of not funny one-liners. Yeah, it's like I've seen I've seen comedic acting, and I feel like I can do it. I'm gonna try my hand at it, and yeah. it's just every every instinct that he has is wrong. Yeah, it's terrible. Anyway, <laughs> so at that moment, a bunch of good old boy type sheriff's deputies all come rolling up, That's all right. with the rocking the aviators, and they all fucking hate Tango immediately. Immediately. Oh, and Tango's captain shows up, Captain Schroeder. That's right, with the worst hairpiece you've ever seen in Ooh. your entire life. This dude is sixty, maybe, and he's yeah. got like this young man's hairpiece on. I don't it's, understand. It's like it's just weird. Play your age, brother. It's like pushed way back where he's got like bangs, but they're it's rough. Way the fuck it back. looks like Uncle Rico's hairpiece and <laughs> fucking Napoleon Dynamite. Very much <laughs> true. Um, the character's played by an actor named Jeffrey Lewis, who was just a, a character actor, done a, a million roles. I remember him distinctly as being one of the Van Damme's mentors in Double Impact. Okay, where, yeah, yeah. Where we got two Van Dams in one movie. Thank God. What we've always been wishing for. But yeah, I feel like that movie was probably around a similar time as this, and I feel like he had more realistic hair in that movie than this one. I don't know why you wouldn't just be bald. Now his headshot on IMDb now is a bald guy. He's a very handsome like, guy. Or he was man. a very handsome guy. R.I.P. You know he, um, for some reason, he is not credited in this movie. He's not in the credits. I f- yeah, like maybe he was one of the people that we that hey. we surmised <laughs> was like, can you just not put my name Take in, my in name this? Take my name off it, man. I don't want to be in this. I can't figure that out because he is... It, of this cast, he's probably one of the ten largest characters in the film. Yeah, and he's just it's, yeah, it's missing. Very, from the very, very noticeable and bizarre that he's not credited. Yeah, maybe there was some behind the scenes drama, or he was just unhappy with the finished product. Same, or, or he could have gotten into a beef. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Like all these deputies fucking hate Tango immediately. Well, he's from out of town. He's a he's big, a city boy. He's a big city boy. They're freaking out. And Tango's telling his captain that he heard that there's drugs in the truck, but these deputies, they don't, they can't find anything. The, They're up the there captain like, gives, like, weird, there's glass all over the road, these guys are out of their truck, they're parked in the road, like, <laughs> okay. Like, he's just, he just basically giving information about what he sees. And yeah, it's, it's just like, like a, none of these things are really, like, <laughs> anything to be angry about. So... The deputies aren't finding the drugs that Tango says is there. And then this one mulleted deputy comes up and gets right in Tango's face. I feel like I maybe it's just because that's such a like an archetypical like the mirror, character. Mirrored aviator yes. shades. And He's freaking out. The guy is freaking out. He is. They're saying it's like the tanks are full of gas on the tanker. Uh, yeah, this dude, I, wrote, I jotted down. He, he says, so he says, we truck. We checked the whole truck, asshole. There's nothing in it, that's and you're a, out of your good. neighborhood, big city boy. I want, I want your badge. I want your weapon. I want your ass. Who the fuck you think you are? That's a that's a really good impersonation. Thanks, bro. That's excellent. So uh, then, some other Yahoo up on top of the truck says he thinks he's Rambo. And this is the first time the movie gets meta. Yeah, I mean that. It is kind of mind blowing to see. Yeah. It does make you you're take like, a step minute. back. Like, he oh, is Rambo. Yeah. Well, what does Stallone say? Rambo is a pussy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, it's just it's strange. And then That's he draws his weapon and fires it over the cop's shoulder, discharges the weapon in the direction of other what, cops. And what may well be a tanker full of gasoline 
Yeah, he, he, he doesn't know <laughs> for not, sure. He's not. He can't be positive. He's being awfully cavalier with a lot of there people's lives. There definitely is gas in the truck. Yes. And lo and behold, like, cocaina starts pouring out <laughs> of the bullet hole. What do you know? It's snowing. And then he walks over. And I hate, this is, the like, the first time that I, well, his three one-liners in a row made me want to punch him in the face. But then this, anybody want to get high? Made me, like, I was like, I'm going to kill you, Stallone. I mean, I've never handled cocaine in my life, but I don't feel like the cocaine didn't seem to have the right texture. It seemed like it was like gran- granulated, like sugar, it or salt, like sugar. or something yeah. pouring out. And I, th- I feel like cocaine's more like powder, powder, like flour, or something. yeah, or yeah? like a baking soda. Yeah, like yeah. It, it clumps together. It's kind not. Of. It's not it like run like sands through it's the hourglass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so these are the days of our lives. Um, yeah, yeah. No one knows why Stallone is the way he is, but no one wants to get high. <laughs> Um, no, they don't. We see we see like the police <laughs> blockade and like people like they're like easing they're traffic through. through. Yeah, there. yeah. And and we see the limo. Yeah, the limo drives by. We got a hand sort of in the window with a massive fucking ring on it. Um, it's enormous. It's Eve. It's Eve Perret, you guys. That's right. AKA Jack, Jack, Jack Palance. He's he's kicking in there with Quan James Hong and uh, and another guy Lopez. Yeah. Um, who, yeah, the lesser henchmen or whatever the hell they are. Those are recognizable henchmen, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're just there, huh? They're just, they just happen to be out there on the highway at that moment? I have no idea. Like, were they supposed to meet the truck somewhere? It's I all I can think of. If that truck was going to his headquarters. And he was also going he was to his headquarters? On his way to his headquarters, too, then maybe. Yeah. That makes That's sense. the only thing that makes sense is that he was supposed to be part of the meet with face. Yeah. And he's... <laughs> He's lamenting, uh, we got, Perrette is lamenting the fact that Tango has foiled them again. Tango and cash. Cash and Tango. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, that is the four minutes and 45 second mark into the movie. Probably a new record for us for having the title of the movie stated out loud. Is. Yeah. Most definitely is. <laughs> um, so this is the moment that we all should have walked away. That's right. right. We definitely <laughs> should have turned turned it off because it's, I cannot get these this hour and 47 minutes back. It's one of the weirdest in a car scenes I've ever seen because there's no rear projection or anything. There's just white outside the windows. Like mm-hmm. when I was in um, film school yeah. and you were shooting an indoor scene and you wanted to make outdoor, make outdoors outside the window, yeah. you would put up a white a sheet of white paper and light it. Cause I mean, you know, if you're take a photo of a darkened room, like that outside the window is just a, a wash of light. Right. But in a movie, you're used to actually seeing a blue sky or fucking other cars or yeah, something. Exactly. This is just white. They're frosted white windows. This was 100% filmed like on a, on a oh, sound yeah. oh, yeah. stage. This, a, this part specifically? Definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. With the car. Um, it's, I've never seen anything like it in what would be like a big budget movie. This this movie is full of questionable decisions, for sure. <laughs> By all involved. Right. You know... Actually, in the beginning of The Godfather, when uh, when Don Corleone is in his office and seeing mm-hmm. visitors outside his windows, like just white, as well. I feel like those that movie was done on the cheap, kind of though, right. and it was you know seventeen years earlier than this movie. Right. Like, yeah, the budget would have been a fraction of what Tango and Cash cost. Imagine that. That's amazing the to think about. budget of Godfather is a fraction of what Tango and Cash There are far fewer explosions. Godfather's twice as long, a hundred times as good. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, and it would have been way cheaper. It's Crazy. weird to think about 
the those two movies even being made on the same planet. Really. <laughs> They're, in they're the, same, the same. They're the same art form. They're in the, the same. same in the same universe. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Nuts. Yeah. Um, so Quan and Lopez, they want to take care of Tango and Cash, but no, no. Perret's got other ideas. Perret is your classic movie villain. It's like, no, no. I've got a, a stupid way to do things. It's going to take forever. <laughs> I got a very convoluted plan. I want to oh, see Jesus. through here. Um, so back in downtown L.A. Gabriel Cash, that's our Ooh, Kurt Russell. We love Kurt. Yay. He's returning to his apartment in this fucking beautiful vintage Corvette. I want that car so bad. Yeah, it was like um it was like one of the second or third generation Corvettes, but it was all black. I mean it was it's incredible. Gorgeous. Um yeah, Cash had his own little jazzy theme song. I can't even remember that that fucking synth. Oh, that's right. With that synthesized harmonica, unbelievable. Not uh, not Faltermeyer's yeah, best work. It's not, but <laughs> it is memorable enough that you can sing it back to me. I, I could see that he. I would. Well, I've seen the movie like four times in the past week. Oh, which that's is a true problem. Too. <laughs> it's a problem. Uh, it haunts my dreams. Um, yeah, it's. I feel like a lot of the music in this might have just been stuff that Faltermeyer worked on and tossed out for other films definitely yeah like uh, what do I got he's like I've already <laughs> it was already written it pro- you're probably not far off that you probably just had some themes laying around it's like I can plug this hole yeah, that's fine maybe um, Kurt Russell's looking very like peak 80s Kurt Russell oh, in this movie god he was like it was like Jack Burton but with a, an extra inch of volume to the mullet to the hair or whatever his hair is a character on its own, it's so beautiful. Would that with that hairstyle could could that be rocked today? I feel like he's still rocking that that full head of hair like that. Still, uh, yeah. it's a little less mullety, maybe. Yeah, but I feel like even if it was mullety, that he'd still get away with it. Stuntman Mike or whatever. From, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Badass. Or even uh, whatever his character's name was in Guardians too. Oh, ego. Or yeah, yeah, ego. Was it ego? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Like he still has the same hair. Yeah, he's he's he still awesome. looks amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm um, on, I'm Team Kurt. And 100%. he is the saving grace of this film. He yes, the savior. He is this movie's personal Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> but he pulls that beautiful, beautiful car into his own little private garage, yeah. which is kind of strange. But I would, if I had that car, I wouldn't want to park it on the street. No, no, <laughs> for sure. Now he then he walks on into his apartment carrying like a six pack of beer and some other and a and a fucking that he falafel or something that he didn't have when he got out of that car. He found it in the hallway. <laughs> maybe, maybe a delivery lady dropped it off he, he earlier. Ripped it off from someone. Um, he yeah. beat up one of those alley kids and took it. He scoops up the newspaper that was slid under his door, which is our first newspaper shot of the movie of many. Uh, of like what, like fifteen I or got something? Double digits for yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, but yeah, on the headline, uh, front page, Tango is above the fold. Uh, cash is further down, but still on the front still page. Still on the front page. I, I love that these cop busts are front page, front page news. Well, so Tango's headline said that they seized a $1 billion worth of cocaine. That is, I did some research on how the fuck much did cocaine cost in 1989, and there's no way. That would be, I feel like that'd be several, like, Tanker ships full yeah, of drugs. Yeah. It was like, it would have had to have been like 80 tons of cocaine. From what I remember from The Wire, <laughs> that would have to be <laughs> ships full of cocaine. Yeah, yeah. That We know that there is gas in addition to this cocaine. There's just no way there was that much cocaine in the trunk. Tr- no. A billion dollars worth. No. That is insane. I feel like Stallone had to have written that. In, he's like, make it a billion. Make it a billion. Make it a billion. Um, and found a billion dollars <laughs> worth of cocaine. 
Cash's headline said that he had he had busted or seized 200 kilos, which is a little more realistic. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, that might be a couple million dollars worth, but to have billions, it would have had to have been like, it it would have been 20 or 30 tanker trucks probably right. full of cocaine. I like the little joke that he makes at Tango's expense. Ah, if it isn't Armani with a badge. <laughs> Not they're, wrong. They're very, very different cops. We've already, we can already yeah, tell. I read somewhere they said, oh, the, the, the Cash character is based on Martin Riggs, that Mel Gibson from Lethal Weapon. It's like, that movie came out two years earlier you're basing a character off a movie that's still current and the sequel to that movie came out this very same year yeah this movie is yeah it's weird <laughs> this is fucking weird dude yeah it's, it's very like, strange it'd be like in 1990 you make a thing it's like oh this character is based on batman like, what? It, <laughs> okay but why what <laughs> but it is it is batman um i don't know <laughs> i like that he stops and admires himself in a mirror he he's is. feeling his look he was checking himself out. He liked looking at himself on the front page or on the page of that paper. He's like, well, God, man. I do look I look good. So in that moment, a goon bursts through the glass of the mirror that he's studying and shoots him in the chest. But how? Immediately shot. Was there no door on the uh, behind the glass? He burst through the glass like as if it was a hollow door behind the glass. Like I feel like it was a mirror that's a good no, question. It was hung on a door. That's really weird. I didn't, didn't even think about that. That's yeah, no, really it's weird. Just, it's one of the many. It's one of this happens once a minute in this movie. There's a thing that like <laughs> if you stop for a second to scrutinize it, then it's like wait a second, that could not happen. Yeah, he he shoots him and then shoots him again. Yeah, yeah. And I just wonder, like, what if <laughs> Cash had died? Oh, that would have been just the movie would have been Tango. Yeah, I would kill myself. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, no, that would have that, that would have been a hard slog. Sucked. Can you imagine no cash, just tango? All Stallone, cracking one-liners to nobody. Only solo tango. <laughs> solo tango. Tango for one. Um, it would have been really, really sad if Kurt oh, Russell had died God. right here. That's, anyway. pretty idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> tango. The end. Now it's just, just tango. Um, he falls out onto the fire escape, he almost fa- falls yeah. over the railing. Right. Catches himself at the last minute. And he triggers a gun that's built into the heel of his cowboy boot. That's a neat James Bond trick. Yeah, it sends the goon running for cover. But basically, that this is the kind of movie we're dealing with. Right. The, the guy's got a gun in his boot that he just walks around in. And just in case, you never yeah. know when you're going to need that boot gun. Well, gun he boot. needed it today. So good thing he had it. Otherwise, this movie would be <laughs> called Tango. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now the goon, he goes and uh, he jumps out the window from the second floor, lands on top of a car parked on the street. It's a pretty cool stunt. That stunt fucks. That's this, awesome. This stuntman, like, I'm pretty sure the dude, the goon, is the stuntman who yeah. did the stunt because I've seen this guy in other flicks. Oh, really? He's like he's great. Yeah, he's like an Al Leong or a Jeff Amata type that he just turns up in so many movies. I remember him very distinctly doing a big, like, foot chase in uh, Lethal Weapon 4. Okay. Yeah. All right. All yeah. right. Cash, of course, jumps out after him. Right. There's like the briefest of foot chases. This you can't, is not, this you can't no, chase that guy in boots. This ain't no this point break. This is not. <laughs> no. And we this is the first moment in the movie out of a few moments where like I sort of get the Jack Burton vibe from yes. Big Trouble in Little China. Totally. Because there's a big scene near the beginning of Big Trouble that takes place in the airport parking garage. Yeah, with and so the this, car chasing him yeah, around. Exactly. And, and he yeah, pushes Wang out of the way. And yeah, so totally. like, this is a very similar scene, a very similar setup of him chasing this guy around in the parking deck. The bad guy, yeah, he comes whipping out in this sweet 4x4 truck. Yeah, looks like Marty McFly's 
four by four totally from Back to the Future. Jason Cutler's uh, yes. <laughs> over the top. That shit was it's got awesome. The, the, yeah, the, the those KC lamps the, on top. The, yeah, the rack of lights on the yes. roof, fucking rad, dude. They're sweet. Um, but yeah, cash. Yeah, there's like a homeless woman, as there always is, pushing a cart full of cans through the parking. They're gonna go make garage. some money at the recycling Do you center. You think she was looking for cans in the parking deck? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, what else was she doing in there other than just being there? They needed that body, baby. She's a prop. (laughs) (laughs) She's. That's the only reason. Maybe she lives in the parking deck. But this same sort of deal happened in Speed. I feel like other action movies, too. There's just always a homeless person pushing a cart of cans that's going to get hit by the car. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. Um, Yeah, they just pop up out of the fucking woodwork. (laughs) But this truck is just, like, slamming into cars. It's a very packed parking garage, also. We got Cash, he commandeers this elderly Russian man's car who's he like is. yelling at him. I'm taking this. Goodbye. <laughs> the man's like going to a birthday party or something. He's got presents. If anything, I feel like Cash is doing as much damage as the goon. He's like he crashing pre- into more he, cars. He immediately perpetuates a, a significant amount of damage by like running into cars. He miss. He tries to like <laughs> to ram the truck and misses and goes past it. Hitting another car, but then he, it's like he like keeps driving backwards. <laughs> he knocked the other. He knocked the doors off this car, and it's all sorts of crazy shit is going yeah. on. Um, the truck goes slamming into some Volvo, and there's just like a couple fucking in the back seat of the car. Yeah, they got the they got the boobs out of the way real quick. That was in, in this movie. That was, for me, that was an incredible gratuitous nudity scene because it just came from nowhere. Why is this couple in the parking deck fucking in the car? And I I only realized I guess having watched a bunch recently that I must have been watching an edited version as a younger man. You don't remember the boobies. Because I do not remember those boobs and that was amazing. It, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was nowhere. It was very me... surprising <laughs> in a movie full of surprises. <laughs> yes. You got to get that. This movie is checking all the action movie boxes. And what else happens with, in this parking deck thing? There's a lot of damage. The truck like knocks down a bunch of like fluorescent lights that somehow stay lit just so that cash can drive through them because it yeah. I guess because it, it looks cool because cool. as the truck I don't it, get it as the truck is hitting them we see they're being shattered yeah but then they cut to another angle and they're all lit and hanging and it does look cool yeah. I guess but it doesn't make any sense in it's life a con- it's a continuity error <laughs> and yeah there's just logically it, it makes no sense I do like the end though, where Cash yeah he like spears that a, car forward, hits a car, knocks it down to the lower level, and it falls in front of the truck, and the truck plows into I it. I like it. I like yeah, it. Yeah, then uh, then Cash just arrests the guy, pops in there with his revolver with a massive like laser scope. Then we get a bit from the old man who whose car he stole to capture the guy. And the man's like, "I believe in Perestroika." He's got his glass nose shirt on and and. And Cash replies, welcome to America. (laughs) He gets his first one-liner in, and it's a breath of, already a breath of fresh air, like, Uh in comparison to the stilted acting of Stallone. I I just, he's such a charming guy, this Kurt Russell. Yeah, the script sucks donkey dick, but Kurt Russell is great. (laughs) Untold amounts of property damage happened. Yeah, thousands and thousands and thousands. Oh, yeah, cars are totaled. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so now we got... Tango, he's strolling into his precinct or his police station or whatever. He's got the hero's welcome from all the other I, cops. It's like one of the cops, the first cop that says anything to him says, like, like nice bust or nice yeah. something. Like, and, and Cash says, or Tango says, hey. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's weird. It's his, so weird. His station was like super bright and clean and not a lot of diversity in there, I noticed. Right. Oh, like, interesting. It was yeah. kind of, it reminded me of, of Beverly Hills Cop, like the, the Beverly Hills police station where it was right. just very uh, antiseptic, whatever in there. Clean. But, um, the taxpayer dollars are going a long way to keep that place clean. He is told that Catherine is waiting for him in his office. Oh. Oh, all right. Um, and what an office Wonderful. it is. It's a very nice it's office. It's fucking huge, like, wall-to-wall windows overlooking whatever Do you think he, glamorous he paid LA? to have that big office? This big? would be, like, the chief of police's office. It's a giant office. It's huge. It's bigger than your entire apartment. Yeah. Thanks. Not, not, I'm not knocking your apartment. <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking to the square footage. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's okay, buddy. Um, I'm bored. <laughs> So Catherine is in there, played by the the beautiful Terry Hatcher. The luscious Terry. Yeah. Um, yeah, she says she's leaving to go on a dance tour, and he's trying to talk her out of it. She's uh-huh. going out of town, and he's making it seem like, you know, two months is a long time to go on a vacation. Two yeah. months is just how long it takes to build a house. Now we're So he's, like, belittling her dance career. I don't know, man. We're left to wonder, like, to ponder what is their, like, what is their it's relationship. It's hard to make out what's happening because it... it it's weird. It's a weird vibe, and he's weird. What do you sense is the relationship? I sense in this. Scene. I sense not like sexual partner relationship. Okay. I got I got like family member. Okay, just the way that he was like communicating with her. You don't yeah. run away from your problems. We can face them together. He's, he's if, if nothing else, he's incredibly overbearing. He, it's like gross. whether it's, it's a really, girlfriend really or, a, or a cousin or a fucking stepsister. Um, but what? yeah, Tango's unhappy. He said he wants the phone numbers for where she's going to be. And it's like, she's I'm like, just I'll thinking, call how, you. You're right. But it, even if, how would she, I would not have those at my fingertip. No. If I'm like, I'm going to be away for a couple of months, presumably in several cities. I don't have the the hotel list in front of oh, me. Oh yeah, let me break out the list of all the hotels I'm staying on. That's their phone so numbers. weird. Like, it's so weird. I can fax them to It's him. very icky. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> if you're feeling stressed, don't worry. Really. We can deal with this together. Well, and I don't like, yeah. understand why he thinks that she's like running away. She's going away for work. Yeah. She's making, she's going off. This is her career, right? And then she says, I need some time alone. Why? Are they together all the time? I get the, I don't know what's happening, but it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it does, it does me too. His is questionable. Yeah. He's not the boss of her. No. She's not like a person that's whatever. What do you call it when someone's like uh, incompetent? Yeah. That I'm your legal guardian. I may have to make your decisions for you. Uh, I would let Terry Hatcher boss me around. Oh, she can like make it. all my decisions. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird. So then another officer bursts in and uh, tells him he's got a call on the line from his stockbroker. He's like, what's a margin call? And he's like, yeah. oh, I got to take this. It's important. Very important. Don't leave. She leaves, she leaves wearing the worst hat you've ever seen. It's like a fedora with white roses on it. Yeah, I feel like the... I feel like girls on Instagram are wearing those things. Really? Now. Okay. Yeah, like right. hats. It's Maybe it's a, coming it's back. Cyclical. It's coming. I mean, back. I have a I have a fedora, but I don't. You don't tie that. a white ribbon around it and no. a bow on the with front with some flowers. No. <laughs> okay. Fine. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, across town, <laughs> right? Cash is walking into his station, still pulling the bullets out of his. Vest. I love it. It's an opportunity for Kurt Russell to be shirtless. And he's like, can you go ahead and like get yeah. shirtless in the elevator? He's like, absolutely. Um, I'm no expert. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think this seems very realistic. Like if he had just been involved in a shooting and everything like this, like I feel like forensics guys would have taken the vest and he's not just plucking the bullets no, they, out. Yeah, they the would elevator. have taken the slugs and taken them down to yeah. ballistics and looked at You're them and everything else. Handling them yourself. 
in no. the elevator at the police station. I like station. that he's bemoaning the holes in his $9 <laughs> shirt. Adjusted for inflation, that t-shirt would cost $21 today. I... I liked that joke though. Yeah. This shirt cost me nine bucks. It's <laughs> killer, dude. And I mean, Cash would be on leave right now. He wouldn't be just rolling back into the precinct. He's a badass, though. Yeah. He's a badass. I like him. Um, oh, dude, my favorite moment from him is when he snags that piece of pizza. Is that like some your favorite moment by, of the whole movie? <laughs> he's like, steps out of the elevator. Some guy comes by carrying a box of pizza, and Cash is like, ooh, pizza! <laughs> like, grabs I feel a like, slice. I feel like that, that is a signal from the gods that we should have pizza tonight. Yes. Are you into we, it? We will order the pizzas. I love it. Okay. Awesome. Eat pizza and drink with us if you want to. Yes. Bust <laughs> open a beer, um, whatever else you like to have with your pizzas. That's right. Uh, anywho, um, dude, that moment though with the pizza is so endearing. I, I love it, yeah. Is it There's like a childlike innocence there. It's very, yeah. very cool. It's like a Ninja Turtle vibe. It is. <laughs> oh, Kurt Russell, you're a national treasure. Um, yeah. The next, the next we see of him, he's sitting at his desk, putting on a killer man blouse. He's changing would, out of that. I would wear shirt. the shit out of that shirt. It's awesome. You, you dug it. It was yeah. very billowy. It sort of had a V cut into it, the neck. It, of it looks like something that would cost one hundred and fifty dollars now. Yeah, it looks like some theory or and he rocks something the like shit Vince. out of it. Yeah, it looks really good. Kurt um, Russell, way to go. Opens up his drawer to his desk, which is filled with hard candy and granola bars. Right, and you, a gun. You get peckish. I guess so. Um, <laughs> but he's he's pissed that someone has been messing with his gun. I like that he notices it immediately. Yeah. Interesting though. Yeah. Foreshadowing. And well, also Maybe. the music in the background gets this like mysterious like. Yeah, there's like, a musical cue to let us know that we that this is important. It's untoward that someone has been <laughs> messing with that gun. Um, I wonder how many guns he had. That is not the gun that he had in the parking garage. No, it's a different gun. Yeah, it's for like a sure. little semi-auto. Yeah. Silver. He had the revolver. It the... sort of looks like a like a Walter, but it's not. It's okay. but it's got a, a similar shape to it. But... It's very compact, yeah. kind of a little semi-auto. Yeah. Um, but then so we got Cash is talking to his captain, Captain Holmes. Right. That he's played by uh, Eddie Bunker. Right. Oh, Eddie Bunker. Yeah. Yeah. He's. You Mr. Made... I, yeah, we were talking about this earlier that he was uh, Mr. Blue in Reservoir right. Dogs. Right. Right. Best known as Mr. Blue. A very small part. Very small part in both movies, really. But, yeah. yeah. Um, he's talking with his captain. Captain's telling him, oh, yeah, the guy you busted, he says he doesn't speak English. Right. He asked but, for, He said through an interpreter that he wants his lawyer, but he doesn't speak English. Right. And Cash thinks otherwise. Yeah, Cash has other <laughs> ideas. So he, he goes full police brutality on the guy. Fuck, man. I, I mean, they even went the extra mile by having another cop come in and be like, what's going on? And Cash is like basically like, can you turn a blind eye and just yeah, let me like, continue to like, brutalize this person? Engl- this is English one hundred and one, and the guy just like walks out. Cool. I'll see you later. Right. Uh, yeah, have fun. Keep doing whatever it is you're doing. I didn't like that, but yeah, I he's basically either. strangling the guy. He's got his chair propped on the dude's chest. Right. Um, the guy under duress tells him that it was Quan that set him up. James Hong or set it up. Yeah, the James Hong character. Um, he tells him about that there's a deal going on that night. He gives him an address. It's popping off. It's all super convenient. Right. Um, yeah. Now, then, what? We're back with Tango now. That's right. Uh, Tango's talking to his captain, Captain Schroeder, who's giving him a tip. The same tip. The exact that, same tip. Same pulled address, off a wiretap. Pulled from a wiretap. And he is, what, he's looking at that same front page, and he's like, downtown clown versus Beverly Hills WAP? That's pretty good. You like that one? It, was, I, I think it made of, me laugh. Yeah, it, like that's an actual, that's pretty clever. I like in it. In a movie that's just <laughs> not full of clever things, it's clever moments. It's also meta because Stallone was supposed to play Axel Foley. 
in Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, I would have hated Beverly Hills Cop then. I don't think it was written for him to play it, but, you know, when they wrote it, they were, like, talking to Stallone. Interesting. Fucking Stallone, man. He's like, uh, yeah, I love it, but can we make it less funny? And I want the character, I want Axel Foley's name to actually be Cobretti, and we call him the Motor City Cobra. And then the, I think the people, Bruckheimer and them, who are making Beverly Hills Cop, are like, you know what? We're uh, going to go a different idea, direction. Sly, but we're going to go a different direction. So it was nice to have met you. So then Sly went off and he made Cobra. And, I hate Sylvester Stallone. And, and they put Eddie Murphy in there and made one of the best movies. Of one of the, the best action movies for time. real. One of the best cop movies ever. Incredible. Um, I like this exposition that we get. In, I, well, I don't like it, but it happens. <laughs> we get some. We get some exposition here that Tango that Tango's independently wealthy. Yeah. That doesn't. He doesn't even really need this job. And, yeah. and Cappy's like, why? And he's like, action. Good old American action. Yeah. He's like telling him, you know, you dress like a banker. What are you doing this for? It's, it's insane. I do it for for the thrills. I'm a cop uh, for th- thrills. I'm a thrill killer. He's like um. It doesn't mean not unlike Will Smith's character in Bad Boys, who's like got a lot of money and he just likes to be right. a cop. I mean, I get whatever. I don't know. Where do you think the money came from? Just from wise investments, or did yeah, he inherit a I bunch think so. or something, or had a maybe another both. gig? We know that he's that he's good with money and like stocks and stuff like that. Apparently. He's got a uh, diverse portfolio. But then the captain says, "If you really want to wanted to stare death in the eye, you should have gotten married." To which Stallone <laughs> replies, "Is that a proposal?" And, and, an, and an unfunny delivery and just Yeesh. it's so yeah. wooden it's so stilted <laughs> it's terrible so now the scene shifts to this futuristic warehouse where there's an army inside like processing guns and stuff I fucking you gotta love this shit man anytime the bad guys have got this like private army it's like oh, some yeah. James Bond shit definitely um, so Ponytail Goon is leading Quan and Lopez through the floor of the warehouse to meet Perrette right who's fucking watching highlights of Tango and Cash arrests. Who made the video? Yeah. Dude. Well, this is the first time we'll talk about, like, there must be an, they've got an evil AV team. And he (laughs) was like, can you make me a compilation video of Tango and Cash? Greatest hits of Tango and Cash. Um, Yeah, it's so ludicrously... Gabriel Cash, how many millions this time? How many? (laughs) (laughs) Just laughing, like, almost, it's almost like he... Is excited like he's been driven crazy yeah. by them or something. I don't know. I don't get it. It's crazy, and, and then, it's like he's got this layer that's fucking decked out. It's built with these levels, and there's fucking weird mood lighting and art. He's work. got killer. De- uh, he's got a killer decorator. But it's all raises the questions of like, yeah, does he have? A, did he contact an evil fucking interior design interior firm, designer, an evil contractor to build this place? Maybe so. Um, we haven't seen it yet. We'll see it later. He's got a fucking hall of mirrors off to the side. It's very, 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 very strange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he moves from his, his he moves from his uh, cash footage over to his tango footage. Oh. oh God, Ray Tango, how he loves to dance. He waltzes, he waltzes in. He waltzes in and takes all my drugs and then tangos back out again. What? Fucking what? I don't he know. Is, I don't know. He is on fire. He's like, insane. He's obsessed with Tango and Cash. He's they don't in, even know who he is, we'll find out no later. No one knows who he is. Yeah, and he's he's He's, he's like nuts. the shadow organization behind Lopez and Quan, who as the yeah. movie unfolds, you get that like that they're the two like bosses of town. Right. And they, they have maybe direct contact with the thugs. And, and that Perrette and, is like the big bad that's like orchestrating everything, but 
how how it how has he gone that <laughs> that long orchestrating everything and they don't know who he is yeah no and, no clue about and him he's, he's here to want to stick his neck out now it doesn't to, make any just sense to anyway. get whatever but um Again, Quan and Lopez, they want to advocate for, like, we should just kill Tango and Cash now, quick and easy. Agreed. Yes. And, <laughs> fucking Perrette. Quick and easy is how you bake a cake or shop by mail. What? Baking a cake can take hours. Yeah. It's very methodical. <laughs> shop by mail is a line that dates the fuck out of a movie. Yes. This is like some Se- some Sears House Roebuck shit. shit like <laughs> that's right. Like yeah, CDs by exactly. Mail or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah, dude. So then, Perrette brings out this box, an ornate box from behind his desk. <laughs> he laments how much money he's lost at the hands of Tango and Cash. He says, Cash has cost him sixty million dollars in guns, drugs, and various other enterprises. Uh-huh. Whatever that means. And Tango has cost him even more. Of course. No fucking shit. The front page just said it was a billion dollar bust. That's got Stallone written all over it. <laughs> However much cash is done, I've done more. Uh, the, the, make make uh, my character do more. more. It's a yeah. hundred times more. Billions. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Then the weirdest thing <sighs> maybe ever happens. He opens this box up and pulls out a fucking pair of mice. And gives him a good sniff. He gives him a real good sniff. What the fuck is happening? I don't know, man. These I are really like, just don't know. Then he puts them back in the box, puts the box away for a second. He says, and like, he starts to outline his plan. Yes. Right. Right. If I kill Tango and Cash, then we'll be at war at the, with the police, and those two will be viewed as martyrs. Right. So what he wants to do is bring them down, I guess. But Quan now, James Hong is like. He's on board. He's got this big smiling grin on his face. Like, all right, I am in. Dude, this shit is making sense to me. Yeah, I'm glad it's making sense <laughs> to him because I'm, I'm still on board. I'm Team Lopez. Let's get it done quick. Uh, yeah. So Perret says in two weeks they're going to have a big shipment of guns, uh, and, but he's arranged to have Tango and Cash behind bars by then. And now, that's when he takes those mice. Then he walks over to the bar in the back of the room. <laughs> It's like underlit, yeah, lit yeah. from inside, and it's got a glass top, and it, we see that it's a maze. And as uh-huh. he's as he's outlining this plan, he puts the mice in the maze, and one of two things is true: <laughs> that Perrette already had a weird mouse thing and owned that bar just to torment mice. Yes, or okay. he had it specifically built for this analogy. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine, like, I need this built so that Quan and Lopez will not understand unless I have this maze built into a bar. I'm sort of thinking the latter because of, like, <laughs> how crazy his character is. And also, like, we've, we've gone into detail about, like, what maniac has their lair at their warehouse appointed like that. Yes. That he was probably like, I need to explain something to Lopez and Quan, but the only way I'm going to be able to do it <laughs> is if I have my bar like transformed into a mouse maze. Is it a good idea to have to have rodents and vermin in close proximity to where you're eating or drinking? The place is not going to pass inspection. <laughs> let me just the say whole, that. It's it's insane. It doesn't who, make any sense. Yeah, and who built that? Who do you go to to have a maze bar commission? The vil, the evil interior designer. Okay, I need yeah. this. The same the Fabricate same guy. It. Same guy. <laughs> I need it. I need it quick. I love that idea, darling. I have it for you in a week. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, basically. 
Um, but shit, that will that I think that will wrap us up. Haven't that's, we? Haven't we done enough? I, that's all I can handle. <laughs> that's all I can handle for one sitting. It's it's too much. It's all been too much. Yeah. We hope that you're as distressed by this as we are. The movie's a whole lot of too much. <laughs> um, but we're gonna we're gonna keep going next time. We are gonna do this. I'm committed. I'm committed too. All I'm right. here for the long haul. <laughs> all right. Good. 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 I don't want to do it alone. I'm no, buddy. I'm here finished. for you. All right, man. Well, we will see you guys uh, next week. We'll be back. Bye.